Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you. So visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up the king's coast coffee.com hello colts and welcome Evan. To- what what you can't just start a podcast on my stream with hello cult why not because <laughs> then they'll get all rowdy just think, it's, I think it's funny. It's a community under leadership of Tim, okay? That's, that's what we're doing. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And welcome to a special live episode of Star Wars and Scotch. Why we is it, it so special, though, Tim? Because we're live, Kevin. Not but because. why else is it special, Tim? He really wants me to continue calling him the special guest. Uh, I told well, him at the gym I'm not doing that. So no. Kevin's here, like always, for Star Wars and Scotch. He's just here on my channel today. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, chat, you can call him uh, our, our special guest if you'd like. Yay, I was going for more of the fact that Obi-Wan dropped today, but sure, I'll be the special guest. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Remember that, Tim? That thing you spent two oh, hours yeah. with? Obi-Wan! Man, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch that. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, I was up, like, normal time, and uh, I watched it, and then I had to get boy to school, and I was dying, so it's like, what happens on the next episode? So I'm excited to uh, dive into this with you because there's so much. Yes. Um, but yeah, welcome to Willow and Scotch. I mean, Star Wars and Scotch. Okay. Um, so so before we go into anything, yesterday, Kevin and I, if you missed it, Kevin and I did like a, a Star Wars Celebration Day One panel live stream. We were going to like watch the Lucasfilm panel and then we were going to talk about our reactions. Well, they pulled the live stream from that and they're like, it's going to be behind closed doors. You don't get to see any of it unless you're there. And then we'll talk about Willow on the live stream for an hour. So grumpy, dude. I had to watch. I had to watch a pirated version of the Mandalorian trailer. 
where the last 30 seconds or 40 seconds the no, whole bottom like, half face, he's, it's looking at the ceiling so i mean like i really felt like i was in like circa 2008 and i had like watched a movie that i wasn't supposed to be watching illegally obtained that trailer was awesome though very good and we'll talk about that too i'm sure uh, maybe but yeah uh, episode 84, Star Wars Scotch live at fb.gg slash darkness429. So welcome, everyone, uh, this morning as we dive into it. Before we get going, we do want to remind you to drink King's Coast coffee. All of you, especially these folks, definitely 150% ordered the Darkness429 cold brew. Oh, uh, we sold. Did you hear how many we sold? No, I haven't told them. I didn't know if we were allowed to we tell them how many. Just shy of 1,200 four packs. Um, we did that in like, I think collectively and the amount of time that it was available for purchase was like 48 hours like total not even not no. even it was more like six because day one was 61 minutes and day two it just lingered for a little while and then by the time i woke up the next morning it was all gone really it took that wow bravo chat nicely done so, good job yeah, well, yeah thank no, you. it was pretty Cheers. quick so enjoy your cold brew uh it's, it started shipping out this week so you should be receiving it if you haven't received it already um and uh, head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. More cold brew drops coming. If you're coming to GCX, perfect segue, you can get some of the GCX specialty cold brew, only available at GCX this year. And if you are coming to GCX, you can also hang out at the Star Wars and Scotch panel we have going on. It's going to be me, Tim, our good friend Sawyerism, Alex and Molly Damon from Star Wars Explained, and the voice of Star Wars on Audible, Mark Thompson, all live from GCX. Now, if you're not coming to GCX and you're like, damn it, I can't, you know, it's my brother's, sister's, uncle's, cousin's wedding or something. Cool. <laughs> you can watch it online. Uh, it'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on YouTube. You'll be able to watch it and on all the platforms. Uh, I believe it'll be on the Rare Drop channel on all those platforms. Yes. We'll be able to tune in live and hang out for the live episode of Star Wars and Scotch. But if you haven't got your tickets and you want to come, gcxevent.com slash tickets. If you want to book a room, gcxevent.com slash hotel. There's only like, uh, I don't even know. There's less than 100 rooms left, I think. So... Uh, you might want to jump on that if you are planning on going to see Tim. Also, if you're coming, there's a special Tim thing on the floor. Wink. Uh, so come. I only out. know bits and pieces of it, and they're gonna freak. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, and we also have some. Uh, actually, while we're here, this is the perfect place to tell you all this. We're gonna have some merch uh, left over from last year's merch drop. Uh, I was digging around in the storage space with Paul uh, last week. And I said, Paul, what's in this box? And he goes, I think it's hoodies and shirts. And I rip it open. And lo and behold, it just says Darkness 429. So we'll oh, be selling perfect. some of that merch yeah. uh, as well at GCX. So if you miss that drop, you'll be able to come hang out and do that. Tim. Yes, sir. Holy shit, dude. It was a crazy, crazy. Uh, how, how many minutes did this clock in at? So the first one About was hour definitely long. It was, it was almost two hours. Almost two hours worth of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And... um. I I think the best way to to put it, if I could summarize my entire experience in in um, one word, it would just be goosebumps. Hearing his voice, seeing him, um, also can we can we just the fact that his disguise was his old look as a Jedi? I was like Obi Wan. Oh, I mean, like him hiding in plain sight was fantastic. I like I was tell so I was talking to my buddy CJ. Um, who's a huge Star Wars nerd, and he worked on Battlefront and stuff. So, like, we we always talk about Star Wars stuff together. And um, the 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 frail PTSD Obi Wan, I like. I really like this character a lot. Like it it really shows like this just 
how bad it really got for the Jedi. It's definitely a departure from the confident, you know, Clone Wars era Anakin Obi Wan duo that we saw. In, well, they were in very pious. Episodes. Yeah, they were, and he knows yeah. that at this point. Uh huh. And and it starts to lean very heavy on the mentality that Luke portrayed in Episode Eight. You know, like the time of the mm-hmm. Jedi is past, and so like you can really start to look at you know even Luke feeling the same level of responsibility and uh, of this failure like a lot of it falls to him he feels like you know the 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 fall of the jedi order you know obi-wan feels like you know it really could have been you know his fault for training anakin is the reason why the jedi order fell and then the same thing for for luke he trains ben and then all of it, everything comes crashing down around him literally yeah. and so it's just like it's it's really weird and kind of enjoyable to see a not a, a Jedi not powerful to see them not like running around just like cutting everything in half like really being like as um as frail as you and I they aren't superheroes they really are they really are people and it's really it's 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 allowing us to have that connection with Obi-Wan that you probably couldn't have before he used a blaster, which, if I recall, he calls an uncivilized weapon. I love that so much because he talks so much shit about blasters. But at the same time, you know, the, the YouTube video you sent me described it perfectly. It wasn't necessarily that he didn't want to use his lightsaber. It was mm-hmm. that he was trying to mask his trail. It was out of a need of necessity. Right, because if he killed someone with a lightsaber, that would be indicate that there is a Jedi on the run. If he kills someone with a blaster, well, everyone and their mother has a blaster. It's a Star Wars universe, so yeah. it's a different story. I, I think what, what's also really interesting, you know, just kind of like going against Ben's nature um, is a big showcase in the first episode. The first episode really shows how, how Obi-Wan is no longer the Obi-Wan, the general, the Jedi Knight, the teacher, the father figure. He is now this the shell of a man who's broken and is is trying to just survive. Mm-hmm. And the idea of going against his own moral code in many instances, the idea of not like reaching out and helping, you know, like you can see right there, they're, they're free, the you know, he is he is reduced to harvesting meat off of a crate dragon. You know, like that's what he's doing, which I was think that was crate off, that is 100 percent a crate dragon. Look at look at Mando. Go back to Mando season two when they blow up the crate dragon and everyone goes running after the 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 carcass to start cutting it up and turning it into food. That's exactly what that is. There's nothing else that we've seen so far that could fit that profile and be that big. I think so that's on, I think that's a fin or something to a, a crate dragon. On that note, that to me looked like some sort of old creature from when the Dune Sea was actually a sea. But then I was stuck on the fact, like, how would the meat be okay? That's fresh meat. There's no way. Fresh-ish meat. But then wasn't it, wasn't killing the crate dragon, like, next to impossible? I mean, it was next, okay, it was next to impossible for the people of Mos Pelago and the Sand People. But, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're at, um, we're in Mos Eisley. Uh, we're in a, a massive spaceport, and they could have, like, greater technology than what some, like, just, like, little town would have. So, all right, I'm sure that'll come out. I kind of, yeah, I'm I just, kind of like on board with the thought that what Obi Wan is doing is harvesting a crate dragon. Since we saw them do that, they do the exact same kind of thing in Mando season two. So mm-hmm. that's my thought. That was that was my thought of that scene. In compromising morals, when they're doing that, the guy's like, "You only paid me half," and you know, 
Yeah, and the guy the, the guy who's running the thing looks at him and he's like, what are you going to do about it? And I'm just like, oh, hit him. Just, just I, mind trick him. Do something. And he I just thought at it. least he was going to give him his credits or something when they got back on that transport. But he didn't no. do anything, which was the most un-Obi-Wan he, thing we've ever seen him do. It's because he has to survive. He needs to eat. Like, I mean, yep. you see him, he's literally shaving off meat and putting it in his chest pocket just to, you know, be able to, to survive. So I think that's the biggest thing is Ben understands that, you know, and he says it multiple times, even when like this new Jedi we've never seen before, who somehow ends up on Tatooine, finds Obi-Wan, knows exactly who he is. Um, you know, he doesn't even reach out to help him. He's like, no, go bury your lightsaber, go live a normal life, be gone. Um, and like even the idea of not even uh, entertaining the, uh, it, not even entertaining the discussion of, of, you know, helping this individual. Um, yeah, other than other than go be like me and go be like every other Jedi that's still alive and hide your lightsaber and just hang out. And, and that was a really cool nod to what they did in Jedi Fallen Order as well. Cal Kestis mm -hmm. is another example of a Jedi that's hiding in plain sight and is working this, you know, this just really just meaningless manual labor job to survive just just so he can eat. Uh, and I really like that. I really like that they've showcased that in multiple forms of media now in in comics in video game, in now, you know, movie, you know, in cinema slash, you know, Disney Plus. I don't even know how you really like call that format other than just that. But it's it's really well done. I also was expecting, you know, like a slow roll almost, you know, this is where Obi-Wan is, this is what he's been doing, but out of the gate they're like, order 66 again, enjoy. Oh my, oh my God. Okay. So did you so I immediately when we went to when they open up in the Jedi Council and it's younglings, I'm just like it's it's Anakin scene all over again. I really thought that we were just going to get a replay. And I'm just like, that mm -hmm. is not, please don't. And then when they open it up and they just like, they showcase the children. So I think what that is, is that is a part of the hatred from the fifth sister, right? Reva, the, that's Reva. From Reva. I mm -hmm. think Reva is in that group of children I think she's to the left. She's either the one kneeling or looking over the shoulder of, of the other younglings at the, the fallen master. And I think that's the beginning of her stories because like the, even like the Inquisitor, the Inquisitor looks at her as trash. But we know with the Inquisitor, we know that he is a, 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 Jedi, a, a Jedi temple guard that was turned by Anakin. Mm -hmm. And so, so he, he is like the elite of the elite when it comes to the Jedi order, when it comes to the, their warriors, like he is top dog. And so for him to look at Reva as someone who is beneath him, trash, you know, found in the dirt, um, I think is because she is like, she's a youngling that had no training that was very strong in the force, but that was it. And so that's why she has no formal training. He looks at her as just scum. I have a feeling as this, so first of all, fast forwarding a little bit, because we're not breaking down the episode scene by scene. We're going to have a discussion about it. So first of all, towards the end of the second episode, when Reva stabs the Grand Inquisitor, obviously we know the Grand Inquisitor is still alive because this all happens before Rebels, and he's one of the major characters through at least season one of Rebels. I think he dies. Oh, yeah, I just, yeah. So when you guys all went, <gasps> at the end, it's, it's okay. He comes back. So with that knowledge... Reva's gonna get it. She's gonna get it. She's out. Of, she's not gonna oh, be one hundred percent, dude. He is either three. gonna he's either gonna kill her, or um, she gets she gets chucked out. Vader. Okay, so but here's the thing though. So did you? 
have you have you read any of like the like any of the Vader comics when it comes to how he treats the Inquisitors? Yes. Oh yeah. No, I I I know the whole story of how you become an Inquisitor. Okay. Perfect. So you know, like the whole like cutting the hand off thing was a direct mm -hmm. was a direct throwback to Vader comic. In case you guys didn't know, when Reva starts when she starts threatening to cut people's hands off, that's because Vader did it to her. Vader Vader cut her hand off. Most definitely, he cut all of the Inquisitors' hands. I was gonna say, off. don't they all have it? Yeah. They yeah. all get their hands cut off. Um, to remind them. It's like and a cult, Tim. It's essentially, yeah, but so, like, and their suits all have, like, like pain sensors in them, so, like, he can, like, increase their overall pain because he knows that more pain, more suffering increases your connection to the dark side, which increases your power and all those things. And Reva is power-hungry. She's insane. She is nutty. She's crazier than the Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor has rules. He has, he has um, essentially, like, a code there's a way for him to go about doing business. She doesn't care. That is pure hatred and anger. And I want to know what Obi-Wan did to her. I'm really, I'm really, really intrigued because there is, some, there is something there. She's one of those five kids. So that's um, what I'm saying. Dude. Have, there's something about that. There's a connection. Yeah. They'll, they'll go back and document what happened there. 100%. But I think it's going to be after she's ex removed from the inquisitory. Um, and again, I don't know if it's going to be the Grand Inquisitor or it's going to be Vader, but I have a feeling that's not going to go well for her at all. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because she could end up being a hero by the end of all this if you follow I hope trail. not. And I, I really, really hope not. That would be a very Battlefront-esque thing for them to do, um, to take, a, to take a, uh, an Imperial um, character and then flip them um, halfway through the show. I, I don't know if I like that. I'm not saying full on rebel, but some sort of redemption arc where, you know, because she's hell bent on revenge. She's steeped in the dark side right now. Um, and she at least with the Grand Inquisitor, there's restraint. He knows he has to bring them in alive so he can torture them. I think his point to torture them and correct me if I'm wrong is to make more Inquisitors. Am I wrong? Um, I mean, like that—that that is a—that is a part of it. Yeah, when he says like prepare them for for interrogation, uh, what, interrogation and stuff. I yeah. mean, like there, yes, there is a there's a whole part of becoming an inquisitor, but I don't think they want to actually turn Obi Wan. I think they know why. Oh, not Obi Wan, the other guy, uh, the other Jedi in the, earlier in the episode. Oh yeah, yeah, they wanted to they wanted to flip him. Yeah, Obi Wan, definitely. the Grand Inquisitor, literally says he's the last. What the last ember from a dying the last age ember from a dying age, and it's time to snuff him out. And I was yeah, like, no, they want him dead. <laughs> but yeah, because he's too strong. But if you can take a a youngling, you know, you take someone like Kyle Casta, Cal Kestis, um, even like um the second sister, I forget her her um her actual name. But those are all people that were like they weren't Jedi Knights, but they weren't younglings. They were Padawans, so they were still very much so. Um, they're very strong, but they have not been kind of formed in the way of the Jedi. They're kind of just like, right. they're essentially like wayfinders, right? They're kind of just like out there and just like finding their path. And so like, that's a perfect time for you to flip somebody. Look at Anakin, you know, you flipped Anakin as he was starting to, you know, grow in his power and become more, you know, more powerful, but you just, you know, you kind of just tip the scale a little bit in the other direction. And there you go. You got a little bit of pain and suffering and you got an inquisitor. So, um, on that note. Did you feel like Haja, Camille Johnny's character, I love was him going so much. to hand that child over to the Inquisitor? Because that was my initial, no. like, oh God. No, he's always a good guy. Like, he's typecasted as a good guy. So I didn't see him actually doing anything nefarious. 
Um, if anything, he's going to be one of Obi-Wan's sidekicks. Uh, I'm looking at it like, like how Favreau does uh, Mandalorian or even Boba Fett. They video gamify it. And mm-hmm. so Obi-Wan has sidekicks, right? And so the first one is going to be your little Jawa friend. Uh, chicken feet, uh, chicken, chick, chick, chickpeas, whatever his name is. Um, first off, he probably had relations with what's your face down in the, uh, in the hangar bays. Um, Dottie, Molly, him and Dottie Molly. had probably gotten it on Molly, Pelly, Pelly, Pelly motto, Pelly motto. Um, anyway, so those, those guys have probably been boinking. Um, but I love him and he brings Obi-Wan his little scraps when he needs to repair or he takes what stuff from Obi-Wan and then gives it back to him, which I think is great. What does a half Jawa, half human look like? Um, man, I'm sure it's ugly. It's really ugly. (laughs) And then, and then you've got, and then you've got, um, what, and then, uh, what is his, um, I'm blanking new names. Haja, uh, Haja, Haja. Um, he's going to be like Obi-Wan's. He's going to be like the, um, the fun, the fun guy who kind of just gets into a little bit, a little bit of trouble every episode. You're like, Oh, Haja, you know, like I'm, I'm really excited for these. They're great. It, I, uh, I'm so we were, first of all, we were right about Bale showing up again. So are we going to jump right not, into that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause it, it starts to connect the dots here. Cause I wanted to get back to, uh, the message to Obi-Wan. Cause I feel like that's a poignant part in the whole character discussion, but you got to set the backstory with them. I did not think it was to this degree, let alone the fact that they kept the secret that Leia is basically one of the main characters in the show more she so than Luke. so awesome i she love her is absolutely adorable and Little she completely Leia. reminds me of my youngest daughter yeah completely uh, they did a great job of giving her that attitude that padme has or yep. even like even like older leia has in, dude you know, i got in I episode felt it four in my chest yeah when and like when, when obi-wan says you remind me of someone and i was just like Oh, he's gonna say Padme, isn't he? And I just like I was so sad. And when he says she's dead, and she says I'm sorry, I just wanted to cry. I go, it's not your fault, little one. <laughs> yeah, and then like, in thirty seconds, in thirty seconds, you're gonna find out her father's still alive too. Yeah, dude. Um, but anyway, so the whole the whole bail thing. I mean, I feel like we all knew it was coming. Um, I didn't know. I didn't really feel like the severity of of that meeting needed to be that but i'm glad it was i just don't like how bail automatically was able to connect with obi-wan via a com link that they haven't used in 10 years um like like the if you start thinking like but actually like if you start looking from like a really nerdy tech point like of of the world there's no i don't think there's any way that could have worked um also for him to like pinpoint bail or uh obi-wan's location like easy peasy and end up in his secluded cave that nobody knew was there. I felt a little forced, Bale's but Bale, but Bale needed to, and like, it, yeah, right. But like, why could like Bale physically going there? Like, why couldn't that have just been done? Like overcomes. Um, it just like, it was just kind of crazy that he just like, he found Obi-Wan. He was in his house. He was there. He could have um, found him based on the, 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 communicator though the message right but if he could have found him then other people could have found him there's no way that thing was that encrypted where they were able to like have a tight beam connection from Tatooine to uh to alderaan it just feels it just feels off to me but i understand why they did it they needed to have they needed to have that personal face-to-face connection to to uh display the emotion 
that was that was going on. It needed to showcase how much Bale loves Leia and how much responsibility that he knows is on him. And he feels really bad and he knows that he doesn't have the ability nor the tool set nor the cape nor nor just like the story to tell to get him off of Alderaan away from the Senate to go find Leia. So who else do you turn to? Well, the only guy that you know that could kick ass and protect everybody is Obi-Wan. So, of course, like you have to go talk to him to showcase that. And then like Ben coming on and in, in, in that discussion and Ben's showcasing that it's been 10 years. He's cut off from the he's cut himself off from the force. He's weak. He's 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 just a man, and and they did a great job of showing that. And I love the ending when he gets to the spaceport and he's just like he's thinking about it. He's like, you gonna get on? You gonna go? And I, I just I thought that was a really really cool way of just like kicking Obi Wan in the ass. Like, get in there. Also, his lightsaber just like out there. That's what I mean about his. I thought that was like, I thought that was so great. He looked like a gunslinger at that point when he pushed his poncho back and his lightsaber was hanging off his off his belt. Um, so expanding on that, we have the two, the two children, uh, obviously we know Obi-Wan's been watching over Luke Owen in the comics and here is like, please stay out of his life. He's better off without you. You know, the, just like you trained his father line that we've all seen in the trailer. <laughs> I love that meme so much. That was a, that was a tense moment. And then when the inquisitor found Owen and threatened to kill him and his family, and he still kept it quiet, shows you that Owen's not totally, uh, Owen's main goal is in his head is to protect Luke at all costs, no matter what. That that is what that told me. He doesn't give a damn about Obi Wan, but he knows if they get Obi Wan, that then they could potentially get to Luke. So yeah. Owen's job is to protect Luke, and you could tell that Owen loves Luke too. I wanted to point that out. It's not this like surrogate adopted relationship. Like he loves, so he I'm calls trying, him his son. I'm trying to figure out their relationship. I'm wondering, does he love Luke because he loved Shmi? Like Probably. was was Shmi such a great mom? to Owen and a great wife to Lars that he feels like he owes it to Shmi to protect her grandson. You know, like that's the whole thing is like, so. I feel like there's, there's a deep emotional connection that they aren't really diving into with Owen's character because you're right. I feel like he, he feels like it's a per, a personal uh, order. You know, like he has like a, a calling uh, to, to protect this boy and treat him yeah. as his son. But why? He has no relation to him. So I that's the this, one thing I want to I want to know more about. I think he loved his stepmom and I think he knows the ramifications of what Luke means to the galaxy mm -hmm. and his way of quote unquote saving the galaxy is protecting Luke by keeping Luke away from everything. Sure. Which we see in episode 4. You're going to stay on Tatooine. You don't need to join the, you know, there was a, the It explains the so much. Yeah, you could see the bridge from how he feels, but also he does. There's a there's a response because he, he calls him his son. He does not say my nephew. He doesn't right. say he says my son. Yep. So you don't just say that because you don't, especially when you don't have to as as a, as a step parent or you know a surrogate parent. You don't have to say that. He's right. saying my son, which means yeah. he cares for him uh, deeply. In my opinion, for sure, I agree, hundred uh, percent. And then we have Leia on, first of all, when they showed the snow-capped mountains, I was like, oh, Alderaan, Alderaan! <laughs> because it looks <laughs> just like it does uh, in the quick scene. We see it when they're celebrating, I believe it's the, uh, the uh, uh, when is it? In one of the, in one of the prequels, they show it very quickly. Um, anyway, and then it looked just like it did in SWOTOR as well. So I was. Yeah, I was it, it reminded confused. me a lot of that time I saw it blow up in episode four. 
that YouTube video you sent me. He's like, oh, what a beautiful planet. Shaman has to go. And then it should have been anyway. Uh, but Leia, you can see that to me, Leia has so much of both of her parents in her yeah. as, as we see her in, in, in later movies. Um, you know, the, the, first of all, the sass and the feistiness is completely Leia. It's completely Padme. And it's also Anakin. A bit of Anakin. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just the way she, you know, she's either in the kitchen, the cellar or in the woods was my favorite. <laughs> I like that a lot. That was cool. And then, did you, you know, did you know that one of those ships that they showcased when she's looking up was actually designed by Porsche? Yes. The try, try something. The, the try wing one. It's, yeah, it was it's a, brand it's new. Called, it's brand called new a try wing. It's new to the universe. And it was designed by Porsche, which I thought was pretty neat. Did you know that the bounty hunter that grabs her is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, from Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> How crazy is that? Vectus is character's name. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, but her mother definitely has that like motherly but forgiving, you know, way about her and trying to teach her and raise her right. And you can tell that Bale is completely the softy with her. Like, I love, she, I love that relationship. She has his heart. There's nothing you can do oh, about she's it. Wrapped around that, uh, just wrapped oh, around the finger, so hard, dude. Oh my god! Because when he sits, when he comes down to a knee, when she says like, after she has the fight with her cousin, and she's like, you know, I'm not even an organa, and he gets down on one knee, and he like looks her in the eye, and he's like, don't you ever say that again. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to weep right now because this is the most adorable thing. And uh, yeah, so it, it's it was really the best surprise in all of it was was little Leia, and I hope this is this isn't it. Like I hope she's a part of this entire journey because I want. I, I there is an element, Tim, and tell me if you agree of retconning kind of a little bit of Episode Four with this relationship. How did you feel about that? Um. So I thought about this a couple of times because. Because I, I thought I went and thought back to the line of when she said um, in the transmission, um, "You helped my father before. Uh, you served my father in the Clone Wars," and so it was like, "Okay, why do you call on that memory when you need help?" Right? It wouldn't have been, "You helped me before," it, and I'm asking you to help me again. You know, something yeah. along those lines. And so, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. But at the same time, I feel like giving Leia's character more screen time and more character development outside of a book or a comic book and using her as a sidekick in this is fantastic. I think it's really great, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of her because to your point, Kevin, it really does start to really retcon that, that connection that she has with her and Ben. Um, because like she, she gets excited when, when Luke says, you know, I'm here with Ben Kenobi and she's like, Ben Kenobi, where is he? Like, like she hasn't seen him in a long time. So maybe it's not truly a retcon. Maybe, maybe it was just a formal, maybe, maybe she, because she is a Senator, maybe it was more of a, a formal call. Maybe it was a formal communication of the sense of like, you know, Hey, you have, you know, you, oh, you owe this to my father. You don't owe me anything. You, but you owe my father this. So, yeah. you know, I'm calling on you to serve again. So, so I don't, I really don't want to think that this is a retcon because Filoni has done a, a fantastic job of keeping true to what George Lucas put out in front of us. He always says, George created this, um, created the sandbox. Now we get to play in it. And so I, he's done a really good job of making sure things don't feel 
awkward and everything gets explained. And so I, I think that Leia's not going to be a big, big character. Is she going to be throughout the show? Yeah, I think so. Is she going to be on Obi-Wan's side the entire time? No way in hell. She, yeah, and, and you know, we saw she didn't trust him, rightfully so, because she's in this horrible situation, and it took him reconnecting with the Force after 10 years, because you could tell he completely cut himself off. Um, yeah, um, he took a vow. I'm curious. So they actually talked. You missed it because you, you, were, you were unable to watch the High Republic um, panel. But yesterday, they talked about explaining the, um, the it starts with the B, the Barash vow or something like that. Oh, Barash. yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, and so I think, so what they're going to do is they're actually going to explain where that comes from. And it actually comes from the, Irish the vow. One, there you go. It comes from the one Jedi Knight in the first book who's the cook. I, I sent you the name last night. I'm totally forgetting because I'm thinking about Obi-Wan right now. Anyways, he made that. So when he was younger, he cuts himself off from the force because he feels like he has to. And so that they explain that in this comic book. Anyways, long story short, Jedi use this. They use this ability to cut themselves off from the force. They take this vow of just like it's a way for them to kind of like um, reflect and, and almost like purify. And then they reconnect with the force again. Luke's done it. Um, Obi-Wan, I think, is doing it right now until he reaches out and grabs Leia. That's it. Like, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, a calm, you know, like um, effortless, you know, ability. Like he really like it was strenuating for him to really like reconnect with the force. So I'm, I'm going to be I'm really intrigued to see what happens when he reconnects. Like, you know, when, when he's calling out to Qui-Gon, he's like, Master, this would be a great time for you to show up. Right. But I don't think Qui-Gon will show up until Ben fully reconnects with the force again and really understands what's going on. So the bearish vow, here you go. After traumatic experience, this answers both the questions. Uh, as a prisoner of the dark side, Steve Drangir, Je Jedi Knight Des Ryden chose to swear the vow. Jedi Master Kirik Infila was a bearish taker. Obi-Wan Kenobi took and kept the ways of the vow during the years of exile on Tatooine until leaving the planet to heed Princess Leia's Organa's call. So yeah, they just updated this <laughs> They just today. updated it. <laughs> Good catch, Jim. Good catch. <laughs> You know, Anyways. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Doctor Strange uh, when America Chavez couldn't control her portals, uh, and it always came out of a place of desperation, emotion, or something that just a traumatic thing that was like, I need to do this right now. I have to summon my power. That's yeah. what him catching Leia felt like. I, yeah, like, I don't have a choice. Right. You saw it. You saw him. It looked like he was like, you know, it was like the worst poop in the world. He was like, ah, and then he, and he, and he grabbed Fighting it. For his I, life. I knew that was going to happen when she said, make me float. And she's yep. twirling around. And, and I was like, make her float, Ben. Make her float. Make her float. And there it was. He made her float. And I just thought that was that was a really cool moment for me. And, and I told I told CJ this. I almost started to cry when 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 I saw Ben like reach out like it was it, if anything it was a very emotional moment for me because it was just it was it was obi-wan coming back it wasn't just ben right it was it was that transformation and you could see it like you saw it in in that moment he was no longer ben he was obi-wan kenobi again um he was jedi knight and master and everything else that he was and it was all captivated in a in a brief moment and it was all, and it, you could see it in his face. You could see it in his eyes and just his facial expression and, and, and him straining himself to catch Leia. Um, there was, it was a very powerful moment that didn't need any words. And I, I thought that was really cool. Which, which would support what you said before about the not retconning the relationship. Because when she sends the message in A New Hope, she says, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. She doesn't mm -hmm. say Ben, she says Obi-Wan. And I think that's, I think Filoni's playing with those two names right now. 
um, for multiple reasons, you know, almost definitely. Yeah. To establish the difference between Ben and Obi-Wan. Well, think about it too. When he meets Luke, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, that's a name I haven't heard. heard. Oh, since before 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, it was funny though, because I was like, wait, Bale just called him Obi-Wan and Luke's alive. So (laughs) I just thought, I thought that was funny, but, but that was still, I think you're right. I think you're right that he's like, he literally is living two lives, right? He's got Ben Mm -hmm. Kenobi. And then he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The Hermit and like, Beyond Dune. And they've always they've always played around with that, right? Like the idea of like Ben and Obi-Wan, they are two different people. And so to see to see him go back and forth and portray both characters is gonna be very interesting. And he's he really nailed Sir Alec Guinness's just presence. Um, you can tell in his voice, his voice is a little more frail. Um, yep. he, he's starting to like enunciate words a little bit different. He's no longer the Obi-Wan from episode two. Like, cause that's what everybody thinks of when you think of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you think of, of Clone Wars Obi-Wan, you think of, you know, the, the general Obi-Wan. And so it's just, he's starting to look old and they're doing a really good job. Yeah. And I have a feeling, you know, cause the emotions welled up numerous times, like we've said, and I, I, they're just, they're pointing towards the Anakin Obi-Wan moment. That's probably going to break all of our hearts again. Um, so I'm I'm getting myself emotionally guarded and prepared that that meeting is just going to be gut wrenching um, uh, uh, when they when they reunite. Um, and it's it, we Kathleen Kennedy said there is a lightsaber duel, so they're going to fight again. Um, There's two lightsaber duels. Yeah, it's, I just like I feel like that's just going to what is that going to do to Obi-Wan? Well, we've talked about it before. I think I think what's going to happen is that so we we end. We're, we're jumping all over the place, by the way. So just so follow along. Um, the end of episode two, we, we, we get the first look of, of Vader, of Anakin in, in the back to tank. And so like that right there, like showed me that there's like that reconnection, right? Like when he just goes, Anakin, and Anakin's eyes open up. I think, I think there was a, a feeling because remember, let's go back to episode four when Ben and him can like like when they're within proximity to each other anakin could feel him he was like that's i'm feeling something i haven't felt in a long time there's that there's rebels when ahsoka and anakin are dog fighting mm-hmm. there's there's, there's we, they they do this in the movies look at look at how the force connects people together it makes right, these like kylo exactly right so what's to say that we are not going to have that same type of connection again with obi-wan and vader this idea of the force really like melding them together i don't think they're a dyad because that's what that's what ray and and ben are they're a dyad but i i don't think that's what they're doing here but i i think there's i think that there's a force connection that's much stronger than than what we're normally used to because they said they said ahsoka and anakin have it so i would assume obi-wan and anakin have it as well we also see it with grogu and ahsoka when they meet yeah there's just like there's this connection with you know your 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 teacher you know there's something special there um and i think that's like in any walk of life any 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 instructor you've ever had or any type of you know you know uh, influential adult in your life you know you have a connection with them that you you don't have with another person so um, it's it's very interesting to see them really lean into that and and watching Ben come to the realization that Anakin was dead was an, and, and it, it, he thought was dead. And then you know, coming to the realization that he's alive. 
that was a big moment too. And I think that kind of leans into the connection because think about it, he just reconnected to the force, right? So all his, his senses are probably just like heightened and everything feels off. And then, and then he gets hit with this emotional bomb of your boy's still alive, by the way, you know? And so then he's just like, he's just all over the place. He's, he's like that right there. That was the best portrayal of a panic attack I've ever seen anyone go through because as soon as, as soon as his eyes opened up and his face kind of went a little white, I was like, well, that's a panic attack right there. Cause he just shut down and it was, it was really cool to see. And the most important thing way. I think people need to remember, and this is not common knowledge. It's in the comic books and a few other places. I know you know this, Tim, because you brought it up before. Most of the universe does not know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. It no, is a they, it's a secret. secret within the Empire. A huge secret. Um, even yep. the idea of Thrawn knowing that Vader was Anakin was like Anakin was ready to kill him. Uh, yep. Vader was very much so ready to just strike Thrawn down there because no one was supposed to know that a Jedi Knight was Darth Vader, was right. a Sith Lord. They didn't want that. They didn't want to show that. They wanted him to be, continue to be this, this mechanical killing machine. Right. So the fact that, because I'm sure Obi-Wan has heard the name, um, the name Darth Vader before. Um, or, or maybe not, because the way she says no. Darth Vader, his eyes go. No, he knows, he knows who Darth Vader is because he saw the security footage of Anakin and this in in Palpatine together, and he, rise, Lord Vader. Yes, he watches that scene, so he so knows he who know Darth Vader, Vader is. He knows he who does. Darth Vader is, and he knows. He, and then he finds out that Darth Vader is alive because he thought That's he left it, Darth yeah. Vader to die on the shores of that lava uh, river in Mustafar. So yeah. Darth Vader and Anakin in Obi Wan's mind was dead, and Tatooine it's a it's a backwater outer rim planet. They're not going to be whispers. There's going to be no whispers of. Uh, a Sith Lord that's in the core realm or the core worlds. It, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Like we know that we know right now in this time period of what's going on, Vader is um, very much so hell bent on revenge. He's going around and he's, tr he's uh, trying to find all the people that got Padme killed. Um, if you want to know more about like what Vader's doing right now, the Vader comics uh, are a fantastic place to start. Uh, Vader Immortal, the VR video game, another awesome place to start when it comes to Anakin as Darth Vader and his um, journey that he's going on. Dr. Aphra is another awesome. Now, Dr. Aphra and those take place a little bit later on. Those take place in between like episode four and five. So some things are a little bit like farther along, but it'll give you an idea as to like the mentality or like the mental state of Anakin and like what he's trying to do is that he's he's trying to do his own thing. You know, go back to the end of episode three, and he says, I will, I will, bring, I will bring peace and, and uh, what, what is it? Peace and, and, and prosperity to my new empire. Peace and, and security to my new empire. His empire, not our empire, not the, not the emperor's empire, my empire. Your so he, new empire? Your new empire. Um, so, the, and so Vader is trying to figure out how to kill the emperor right now. He's trying to kill the emperor and he's trying to he's trying to have revenge and uh, on Padme and bring Padme back to life. Those are his two big things: is Padme and killing the Emperor and and ruling the galaxy. Now, uh, one thing in the in the um, first episode when they said previously on Star Wars, which was hilarious to me, um, they they made a point to go out of their way to be like have Yoda's scene where he tells Anakin or uh, tells Obi Wan, "I'll teach you how to you know talk to your former master." 
We see in the episode multiple times he's trying to get in touch with Qui-Gon. I call bullshit on um what's his face? Liam Neeson's statement about that he won't do a Star Wars TV show only movie. I call bullshit. I mean, okay, so first off, this is a movie, not a TV show. This is a movie that's been cut up into into how many episodes? Six episodes? This, this is a movie. This is a, this is a, a, a long movie. And for them to not use Liam Neeson, even in a voice line, um, I'm, I would be very disappointed because didn't he, vo- didn't he use his voice in Clone Wars? I believe isn't, so, yeah. Isn't Liam Neeson's voice in Clone Wars when Yoda is, is on uh, wherever the heck communicating with him? Yes, so, yeah, no, I believe that's his voice, yeah. Yeah, so like it's, it, would be, it would be very frustrating if, if he didn't show up. I'd be, I would be very disappointed. Yeah, I, I just don't see how you could accomplish that without him. So I'm, I am very much of the opinion that he made that statement to throw everyone off the scent. And now after watching the two episodes, I'm like, okay, you're in it. Just, you know. Yeah, okay. Um, well, okay, so, so he could. So, so he might not physically show up. Remember in Clone Wars, wasn't he just a little ball of light? That was yes. like that was traveling around and, and talking. Yep. So so a ball of light because he can't be a force ghost because he died before his training was done. So he's like in Jedi limbo right now, just kind of like hanging out in the in between. Um, probably probably hanging out somewhere in the veil of the force, Kevin. I know how much you love talking about that. Uh, <laughs> so this little ball of light. If a little ball of light doesn't show up in Obi Wan's cave and Qui Gon Jinn's voice doesn't come out of it, I'm I'm gonna be very disappointed because that's a big. You're right. That's a huge plot point for obi-wan and being in being the hermit and being secluded and and getting to that point of when he is struck down by darth vader on the death star he disappears instead of leaving um his mortal coil there for everyone to see and even if he can take physical form you know they can use their cgi that they did for leia and for um grand moff tarkin to to reconstruct him as he looked in episode one um but i would say the ball of light canon wise would make more sense and as long as it's liam neeson's voice there's you you know it's him so it's it's neither here nor there but i'm convinced convinced that at some point he will be able to connect with his former master which leads me to my next question tim uh and i know you hate these questions but i'm going to ask it anyway does that mean at some point there's some communication with yoda in this show no no, never go to Dagobah, never hear from Yoda through the No, because either. he doesn't because he doesn't talk because we don't see him talk to Yoda again until he's on Dagobah with Luke. Right. And so like I, like Obi-Wan Obi-Wan has no idea where Yoda ended up. We just know in exile I must go. Right? No, he says to Dagobah. To, to Dagobah I must go in exile or exile yeah. I am or No, he tells them he's going he to Dagobah. So he, so he knows he's on Dagobah, but we know that he wanted to go to Dagobah because they retconned that, and he's like, that's where that's where like this crazy connection with the Force is at. So go there and talk to Qui-Gon. Um, that was raw and, force. It wasn't light or dark. It was just the, the Yeah, force. it was just his raw force. And so like that's why he's there. And so also on like, that note, hold on, pause. Oh man, what if Qui-Gon is like the is the connecting piece between him and, and Yoda? I, and they I'm, could I'm, talk to each other via Qui-Gon. Oh no. I'm going through that. And then the second thing is, too, if Yoda told them where he is, that would also lend, you know, a, a, I don't want to say a retcon, but that maybe off screen that Bale and Kenobi had discussed where he would be. Because if they knew where Yoda was, 
maybe they also did know where Obi-Wan was and just those three knew where each other were at all times for, you know, security purposes. Would that make sense? That would make sense. That would, that yeah, that would make way more sense if they like, they all knew like where they were going to end up. So Bail could, could find him. Right. God um, forbid there was something that happened like Leia getting kidnapped. Sure. You know, yeah. You know, I, I bet you it'll get explained somewhere, but yeah, I mean like that, that makes a little bit more sense if they would like, they all kind of like, Hey, in case of emergency and shit gets really bad, break glass, you yep. know, back, so. back to Qui-Gon. Cause I love, that's where I was going with that. Could there be some connection that they can communicate that way? I think so. I mean, like we know that the 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 wills, you know, like the way that they they work and and the things that are going on, like they can kind of like cross those weird barriers that we have. You know, they're kind of like that that fourth or fifth dimensional creature. Um, you know, like they really haven't been explained. Um, so you know, maybe maybe this kind of starts to explain that entire um uh, episode for or the 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 couple episodes in Clone Wars where Yoda goes through the trials, right? Um, you know, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll actually get a deeper look into, you know, the trials from Ben's point of view. Um, you know, he has to go through them and and we don't know how much time is, you know, how much time it takes really to go through the, the trials that are, that are, uh, you know, that are controlled by the the wills and he doesn't have a lot. He, he had, had to have already gone through the trials before episode four. So it's, it's very interesting. Hold up. Can it can all right? Oh, you just mm, does that mean <laughs> so if Obi-Wan's gonna go through the trials of the wills, right? Yeah, it could happen anywhere, but could it happen on Corban during season? Oh, stop trying to take him off Tatooine. He's a goddamn hermit. No, he's a hermit. He lives. I just want to see live action Corbett. Come on. No, we'll get that. We'll get that. It's just it, that's going to be an acolyte. You know that's going to be an acolyte. It's not going to be an Obi Wan. He's not going to Corbett. He's gonna. He's keeping his ass on Tatooine. And he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna force meditate, and he's gonna leave his body. He's you gonna. Said his, that. his force spirit's gonna leave his body, and he's gonna go do the trials. I guarantee it. It's gonna All be right. like. It's gonna be. You know how they like they brought in the idea of force healing in episode nine like yes. that that was not canon force healing was not canon until that, that very was it was legends and now and now it is official star wars lore that jedi can heal each other by by touch and by by giving up some of their life energy but we we, we also haven't seen the ability for them to actually like use use their uh you know force projection other than like with luke you know like they really haven't showcased a lot of that you know force projecting yourself elsewhere um you know that wasn't canon until episode eight the idea of force projection and, and being able to leave your body and interact with the world outside of it so it's um it's very interesting so i mean like maybe that's how he leaves tattooing kevin you know and goes and does you know maybe he does go to corban then that way on a force peyote journey yeah maybe I, I'm I, like honestly, I think that's I think that's the route they're gonna go down with Obi Wan. It's going to be I mean, a lot of that. Also, that we would, know that we know that the uh, the journals of Obi Wan is also another big source of information that they're pulling yeah. from as well. So I I didn't know that comic uh, series existed. So now now I'm gonna go back and and read all of those because there's a lot of information that's getting pulled from there. So I would love to see if there's any any part of that uh, comic book that actually talks about this. And the YouTube video you sent me really seems to think that Chrysanthemum's going to show up, which would make sense since they just introduced him. Yeah, um, he's a he's a great character. He even has a freaking Fortnite skin. Yeah, and he he's a major part of the the journal comic because um, 
I forget the exact reason. Okay, so the the, uh, the exact reason. Job, sorry, right? I went down this. I went down the rabbit hole of this. So Obi Wan, remember how I was talking yesterday about Obi Wan and Job of the Hut and how they've got yeah, like yeah. you know some some history. So Obi Wan doesn't like the fact that Job of the Hut is taxing the crap out of moisture farmers. Lars is probably or uh, Owen's probably losing money, and so Obi Wan steps in. He's like, no, this isn't going to happen anymore. Fixes it and everything. Jabba gets mad. This is the TLDR. Jabba gets really mad and sends Chrysanthemum after, after uh, Owen. And so then Obi-Wan saves Owen. And so that's how uh, Chrysanthemum gets the scar across his eye is actually from Obi-Wan's blade. And so I think that's a really cool touch. And, and they, they, they show Chrysanthemum enough. They have like the close-ups and everything in Book of Boba Fett to showcase that, that scar he has. And so, like, that would be pretty cool if they actually did that in live action, that fight, because, again, they introduced a really cool Wookiee character. Everybody loves the Wookiees because they're neat. They're the muscle of Star Wars, and and I, I think he deserves some more screen time. And I think because they introduced him in Book of Boba Fett, there's no reason they wouldn't bring him back oh, he's here. Fresh. He's, he's fresh. He's fresh. He was in Boba Fett. They put him in Fortnite. Uh, why wouldn't they want to use him in Obi-Wan? Especially when you already his, have... Yeah, I think you can. I think the, the bundle's oh, still there. Make sure to use code DARKNESS429 when you're... I will, um, yeah, on the Epic perfect. Store. Just yeah, at the darkness. Game Store. Yeah, just make sure to use Understood. code DARKNESS429. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> um, I did that, actually, when I bought my Battle Pass. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think he has to show up. My next question, and again, I have to ask now that we're two episodes in, Ahsoka. Okay, did you think Ahsoka was standing in his cave? No. No, I did knew you, that was Bell. Dude, I want to know how many people went, Ahsoka! When, when, he, when he walks into the cave and it's a gray cloak with the hood over, I was like, man, people are going to think this is Ahsoka and they're going to freak out and they're going to get blue-balled right away. No, I knew it was Bell because I knew he would go appeal to Because I knew Obi-Wan couldn't say no because he, 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 almost oh, when he was with her, like just the love he has for her because of how he was, was with their parents and the way he smiled at Luke when he was watching him. Just you can tell, like, there's no way he could say no. And Bale knew he couldn't say no if he went face to face with him. So I knew it was him. But Ahsoka's showing up. I feel like it makes more sense now, now that we're two episodes in, to see her at some point as well. Bye. Because they're breaking down the barriers of what the the original barrier was. The Jedi's had the Jedi had no contact with each other post episode three and into four. Like they could not communicate. To me, that's been broken down. We know that Jedi are on the run. Um, mm -hmm. At this point, I don't know if this predates or Ahsoka's novel is post this. Ahsoka, Ahsoka's um, novel takes place like days if not weeks after order 66, like so she's this is on 10 the, years after then, right? She's on the run. And that was the creation of her new lightsabers when she was just getting, when she was, well, I wouldn't say weeks. It's probably a year or two because the inquisitors were brand new. Um, it's fairly fresh. I'll, I'll just go and say that it will. It's fairly fresh post order 66. So this is after. So we, and we don't see her again until rebels. So there's Correct. a large gap in her story right now. Um, and we know her series takes place in the man in the Mandoverse later in the Correct. timeline. So uh, again, I don't see a reason why she wouldn't show up if the Jedi are now talking to each other and making plans to protect the children and all that stuff. I have a feeling she's going to show up. I, and I think Cal is too. I know you don't want him to, but I have a feeling they're both going to show up. And it's that is going to be good. so much fan service if Ahsoka and Cal Kestis show up. 
but they're doing fan service already and we know they do fan service in all of the series like it does it just adds up from a business from a marketing standpoint and from a lore and and, and storytelling standpoint it just all makes sense to see these people because they are the recognizable characters i just we think still, the fr- i think the frustrating part episodes. for me is that ahsoka has like why would she go there to learn from him he want he, he wants nothing to do with that like there's no like I'm think I'm trying to think of it from a story point from a from a plot point. What service does she bring other than going? Oh, it's a younger Ahsoka. Keep in mind this is t- this is five years before Episode Four. The Ahsoka right. that we've seen, the Rosario Dawson that we've seen, is five years after Episode Six. So that's like what. 15 years 10 yeah, years but she's she's also isn't she in like all the fulcrum shit now where she is like working the rebel network to I, help them I, no, I agree with you yes she is but what are they going to do with rosario dawson are they going to de-age her are they going to make a younger ahsoka like that's the these are the questions that i'm asking her ending up in the from the star wars storytelling point of view sure yes i'm thinking about it from a disney plus actress standpoint rosario dawson is x amount of years old ahsoka needs to be younger than that for it to work i just don't know if they could sell it that i don't that, that's the part I, that i'm i'm struggling with i don't think her montrails grow though from episode three ahsoka or i'm sorry from clone wars end of ahsoka from order 66 to rebels because i think she is fully grown at that point from when we meet her in season one her, so her 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 leku it goes like, sorry. it goes farther down when you see her at the end of of rebels at the end of 6 of, of episode 6 when the death star explodes and and you get the the ahsoka that's going to go look for thron and ezra her leku's longer she's aged because it went from episode 4 to episode or before episode 4 to episode 6 so she's gotten older um that's why a lot of people were like why does she have the shorter leku when you sh- you showed it that it was it was older so are longer and so like that's the whole thing is like it's still it's just she has to be the snips she has to be snips at this point um she's not the grown wayfinder ahsoka that we see in rebels at this point she's done a lot of growing you know she went to say wouldn't she be like pretty much on that journey though like pretty mature at this point she's been on the run for god knows how long she She already went through the stuff in her novel oh i mean mature from from like from experience sure i'm just talking about it just from like again rosario dawson as ahsoka does it work like a rosario dawson as ahsoka in obi-wan does it work i think so i i i I think it works that's an open-ended question that's that's not me fighting against it that's just me asking how does this all flow if she does show up that's all i i think i think it could happen sure will it happen I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if we need it to sell this story because again, Ahsoka's cool, but this is a story about Obi-Wan and Anakin. This is this is about brothers. This is a story about a person who failed someone else that feels so bad and, and like like he lost his son. He he watched his child die. Um he killed and, him. And, yeah, I mean like he he in in, in a sense he he ended Anakin's life. And so I think that that's where this story lies. I think the story lies with with Ben 
his his transformation into Ben Kenobi that we see in episode four. And I think this is going to also bring more of a human aspect to Darth Vader and really showcase that it, there is good in him. There is a struggle. There is more. It, it isn't just more machine than there is man now, like what Ben says. When Ben goes and says there's more machine than man, um, it's because he sees the he sees all of the hatred and all of the anger and all of the stuff that Anakin wants him to see. But behind the mask, when he's you know in his meditation tanks or when he's by himself and alone, he's a man. He's a human. He is. He's sad. Um, he's torn up. And so like the that's the angle of the show that I want to see. And I and I feel like that's going to be more um impactful to Star Wars fans is really showcasing this 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 love story between two brothers and and I feel like bringing in you know Ahsoka or bringing in Cal uh Cal Kestis and like and all these things it just it feels like it takes away from the real motivation to bringing Obi-Wan back you know because there's so much that story there's so much disconnect between episode three and when we leave Vader on on that shore burning and when we pick up an episode of four. So, so it's a lot. Here's why I, I think, and again, there's a lot of good points from people about why Ahsoka wouldn't show up. And there's a lot of good points why she would. So it's a, it's a wait and see game um, for characters like Cal and maybe some other Jedi that might be floating around as we already met one. Um, when Haja was, was hilariously uh, doing his fake Jedi mind trick. <laughs> over the calm it was so good dude i'm leaving your mind <laughs> because it play it plays into the myths and the legends about the sure. jedi because people don't really know we know more than than the general public knows about jedi which i think is wonderful uh, but the point being is that when anakin heard that kid had the or um when obi-wan heard that kid had the force yep. his eyes went up like oh my god like he's in danger his mm -hmm. sense of responsibility kicked in so I think the more he reconnects with his old self as the story goes on, the more his responsibility to the Jedi Order, the former Republic, and children who, you know, have the Force and keeping them away from Inquisitors, and even adults, to be honest, the more that will increase, and the more it will make him want to do something about it, if you will. Do I think he's going to go all over the universe and save all four sensitive children? Absolutely not. He has a responsibility. He's going to remain on Tatooine for the most part. Do I also think Dayu is the last planet we're going to see him go to in the series? No, I think he will take at least one more trip somewhere else for whatever reason. He's got to go to Alderaan to drop off Leia so anyway. Does, so, so we know that we know that he will drop off Leia. Does he go to Alderaan? Not sure. We do know that he does end up getting captured and, and going to the Inquisitor home base. And so, yes, we know that we will see at least one more planet before, you know, we're stuck on tattooing with Ben. Um, Keep you know, in mind that trailer could have been like, remember how they did the Star Trek trailers where they manipulated the way we were perceiving it and that's not how it played out in the movie? Oh yeah, I mean, all of this could, could, could be just that. been completely just smoke and mirrors to to throw us off. Like the idea of Leia, you know, Kid Leia being a part of the show uh, in any capacity was hidden very, very well. Um, I, I didn't think that I needed it, and here I am going, "Wow, that's damn good." I'm really happy that they did that and for her. What if he goes to Mustafar to confront Anakin now that he knows he's alive? 
Mm, man, that would be so sick because uh, Vader's castle is uh-huh. just riddled with lore. It is just, oh my God, it's just seeping out from every crack and orifice in that castle. And There's they already so much have stuff. it. They have they it laid it out. Rogue One. Well, they but they also laid it out. They laid the footwork or the um, the groundwork. They did a lot of the uh, the footwork for um, developing that planet, deve- developing the castle, developing the um, the old Jedi, the old uh, Sith. He was a Jedi at first, and then he turned. Um, I'm forgetting Darth. What's his face? Um, but anyways, the the mask, the mask that this Sith Lord had, it, it holds his. It, it's imbued with his spirit. And so it's like that mask torments Vader in this in this castle that belonged to this Sith Lord, which then like if you do if you go and play Vader Immortal, there's a whole nother layer to what happened to Mustafar and and how the force is involved and how the Sith got involved. It's just it's so awesome. And so, yeah, for him to go to Mustafar would make so much sense because they're so so much dark stuff that they've already just planned out for that planet. I I say yes. I think it'd be cool. It's also in the Lego Star Wars Halloween movie. So <laughs> yeah, no, like Mustafar. Whole- yeah, Mustafar's all over the place. Look, they even like the, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago. The idea of uh, sorry, Chad, spoiler alert. The idea of Mustafar being in Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, getting that little teaser of Mustafar for that quick second. Like, what if that was like a nod of like, hey, by the way, you're going to see this again. Mustafar is also in the beginning of episode nine. You pointed that out. Yeah, so it's in the beginning of episode nine, but you might not. So for those that aren't like crazy Star Wars fans and you don't listen to us all the time, um, sorry, you should you should definitely fix that by just typing. Lord Momin, by the way. SWS in chat, exclamation mark SWS if you like. Um, so yeah, so Momin. Um, was I saying? Oh, right. So, so, anyways, so when you um, Invader Immortal, you actually are a reason. You are the reason. The protagonist is the reason why um, Mustafar starts to go back to normal when we see it in Episode Nine. So, Mustafar used to be this beautiful, very lush planet, um, and then uh, some bad people messed around with the core of the planet because it was Im- imbued with some some pretty crazy magic. And it turns a planet into fire and chaos. And so you fix the planet and you restore balance and it starts to heal itself. And so when we go back to Mustafar in episode nine, when uh, Kylo was looking for Exegol, we're there, but you don't recognize it unless you just you, you recognize the um, the rebel, the rubble of uh, Vader's castle that the, that Kylo is in. And that's it. You should get Lord Moman's mask and put it on your shelf. It looks cool. They sell it's it. a really cool looking mask. They sell it. It's it's pretty cool. Um, so from here, we've kind of picked the episodes apart. Is there anything in the episodes you want to talk about before we start laying out some more of uh, where we think it's going to go? Um, like like overall, you know, just kind of touch on the fact that we saw so many different types of alien creatures in this ep- uh, in episode two, even even on Tatooine. I was really surprised how heavy they leaned into just showcasing all different types of alien races that we've never seen before or only ever see, ever seen drawn and never seen in live action. And so just like, I really appreciated that because it just made the world feel more alive. I've had problems in the past with Mandalore, with the, uh, with Mandalorian and even like book of Boba Fett. Sometimes it felt empty. Like the scenes felt, they didn't feel alive. And they because they were real they were le- they were leaning very heavily on the VFX. They were like you know the the, the volume and showcasing all of that. But this 
felt like the perfect um the, the perfect mashup of vfx and also live effects and, and real world effects and makeup and costumes and it just it felt like a proper star wars movie and i really really appreciate it just like one little thing that as we were going through the the, the two episodes is just like all of the all of the makeup and all of the costuming and just everything felt so right there was just like i i had a hard time going i didn't like that there really isn't a moment where i was like eh which I thought was great because there's definitely been episodes in, and we've done it before on, on the show of like, oh, that was a filler episode. You know, like there wasn't really anything there. It was, it was okay. But like the whole way through, that was just pedal to the metal, balls to the wall. It was just, it was, you got almost two hours of pure adulterated, unadulterated Star Wars. It was great. It was one of the most, like from a cinematography standpoint, it was one of the most beautiful um, Star Wars shows we've seen to date. Um, I thought the the way they used the volume was pretty seamless. I was looking for the line again, and it was very, very hard to spot in most scenes um, from the practical effects. Like even um, when they set up the balcony on Alderaan, uh -huh. uh, it, you could see that the background was the volume, but the immersion was just too damn good. And the way they shot it and framed it was perfect from a from a practical standpoint and then using the virtual environment. I really so. like the way that Deborah Chow took on this project and the way that she like the lens that she shot it through, I thought was really, it's been really fun. The, yep. um, she uses a fisheye a couple times in, in a couple shots, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just, it, like it gave a whole different look to star Wars. Cause I don't think they've ever used like a fisheye lens effect before. And I thought that was really cool. That just like, it gave you just a whole different sense of the world when they did those shots, it was subtle, but it was just like, Oh, this is cool. I like this. Yeah, no, it was it was different, and it was definitely her vision this time because she worked on Mandalorian season one. If if you don't know, and and every um, episode that she did, I loved. Yep, which is why we were excited for this from a, especially from a cinematography standpoint. But she absolutely nailed it, and she's the only one working on this one from that little group of of directors. So, um, this is all her bringing this to life. When you look at the cast list, I know that a lot of the characters aren't fleshed out with names on IMDb. It does sure. show how many episodes they're in, which which can can help speculate what's coming. So a uh, little Leia is in every episode. The Grand Inquisitor is in every episode. Uncle okay, so hold Owen. on. Can I, Go ahead. Can, I can I stop you real quick? The yeah. the Jedi that we saw strung up in on Mos Eisley, yeah. he's also listed in all six episodes. Yeah, which is weird. So I don't know if that's entirely true. Think I think wrong? they just. I think IMDb has not been properly updated. I think it what is. What about just flashbacks? A, I I think what they did is they just assume they just they know who's in the show. They just don't know how many episodes that they are in. So they just uh, they just attributed them to all six episodes until the show is done and they can properly go in because I don't think Disney's going to say anything. So Vader they're going to have to wait. Five. Little Luke says two. The Spice Girl says four, so it, there's some people that are listed out. Why would the Spice? Why would that Spice Girl come back? Oh, I I found something's wrong already because O'Sh O'Shea Jackson didn't show up yet, right? Mm -mm. Yeah, and it says he's in six episodes, so that's wrong. All right, so yeah, my little inkling so, here was wrong. Yeah, I, I, I looked at I looked at IMDb before we started the show because I wanted to get a name. I was looking for the um the I I think she's this uh what is it, the seventh sister, um but I'm not entirely sure. Reva? Uh, no, no, no. The other, the other female inquisitor. Oh, the one that showed up in the second episode. I think I, at least I thought, I thought that reminded me a lot because she's with the. Um, Let me look it up. She's with the brother. I, I always have a hard time keeping track of. Uh, 
freaking inquisitors. Inquis- oh, I'm gonna pull up the inquisitor list. But um, she like Doesn't there's the a second co- sister die in. No, that's second. That's second. That's second sister. I think she's the seventh sister. Seventh. Seventh. You know what we didn't talk about? What? Credits for an old war veteran. Sorry. Credits for a Clone War veteran. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. I love that Tamora Morrison will always have a job. <laughs> it's true. Like, literally, he has a job locked in for a long, long time because he has the ability to play every single clone, right? He can be any clone. He can be Rex. He can be Cody. He could be uh, He could be any of them. He could be anybody from the Bad Batch, essentially. Um. So it's it's really cool to see him just like in one of the episodes, in episode two, as a homeless clone that's just looking for looking for credits so that he can eat. And I thought that was really, really interesting because it just really goes to show again, like they did this really, really well in uh in the Bad Batch as they started to conscript uh just normal citizens into the Imperial forces, into the into the Navy and whatnot. Um, uh, and how they just they realized that. Clones are too expensive. It wasn't worth it for them. So let's get rid of them. And it was very, very interesting to see that highlighted so well and 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 done in a in a really nice way. Because you know, if, if anything, like it 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 really is a nod to how we treat veterans now. Um, you know, they kind of just like they do their job and, and unfortunately they they get forgotten and and like that sucks. And and, and the- they show and they showcased it really well when Obi-Wan looks at him because that's the face of everyone that he loved everyone from the 501st his friends exactly not only were those people that he fought side by side right you know shoulder to shoulder they were also people that he loved and then those are also people that he watched kill some of the most you know the most important people in the jedi order um uh, i'm sure there's this 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 tug of war as far when it comes to emotions for him yeah there was there was a mix of fear and compassion in his face very much Um, so yeah, and he, he seemed a little like tormented, caught off guard, also on guard. But then, you know, you saw the compassion kick in, and he gave him the credits. Um, you know, and and then the internet's like, "Oh my god, that means we're gonna see Cody or Rex." I'm like, maybe, but I I don't see how they would play into the story. Rex Rex would be the only one I could assume that could possibly maybe show up. Okay, all right. So CJ's in chat, and him and I were talking about this earlier before we started the show. All right, it, and I think I think he has a great theory, and I want to I want to know your take on it. What? All right, go Co- for it. What if Cody is a purge trooper now? I mean, it would make sense. <laughs> I don't hate. I don't. But hate could that. you imagine? Like, I know, but we know that there's a there's purge troopers in the show. There's yeah, a they're scene, in the trailer. There's a scene in the trailer of purge troopers. So what if what if helmet comes off? And it's fucking Cody under the helmet. How would he know it's Cody though? <laughs> he would know. Cody has Cody's. They all. They all. All of the clones that had names that were not. They that weren't just you know whatever whatever their number. All of the ones that had names had some type of insignia. They had some type of marking that has you know allowed people to understand. Oh, that's Rex. Oh, that's Cody. You know, either color or you know some type of marking on their face. I forget what Cody has, but I I feel like. Obi-Wan would be like, what? Cody. What if Cody is one of Vader's death troopers? Um, I like the idea of him being a purge trooper because he still has the chip in his head. I would assume Cody has the chip 
So he's still on the he's a he's an old clone, right? He's revision he's a revision one clone. He's older. Um, so he's got the chip in his head, and he's still on Order 66. They never really turned it off, right? And so he's still on kill mode for Jedi. So why wouldn't you put the perfect Jedi hunting person in a purge trooper armor set and let him go play around with Jedi? It sounds awesome. I'm here for it. I'm down. I'm totally Because down. again, this entire show is all about pulling on heartstrings. It's all about ripping every single string on Obi-Wan. And, and who you did he love? Have, you have Tamir Morrison, so you exactly. can do it. He has, you're right. But who did he love? He loved Anakin. He loved Duchess Satine. He loved Cody. 501st. The whole group. The whole, yeah. The, all, anyone that was named, like they all, they all loved each other. But think about it from Obi-Wan and the characters that he is connected with when it comes to the animated show. Satine's dead. Freaking Anakin's, Anakin's Vader now. And the only other person that's left for them to really pull on is Cody. And so, like, that would be another really nice low blow twist of the dagger in the back of watching one of his best friends pull off his helmet and go, I'm going to kill you. It would also make sense. Oh. In- from the perspective, uh, well, I guess we would need to learn more about that Admiral's plans from Bad Batch for the decommissioning of the clones. Because um, we don't know the extent. Did they keep some? Did they, uh, you know, because obviously know the Bad Batch did. was valuable to them. Um, and we know that most likely that those um, Crosshairs little group is the beginning of the Death Trooper program. Um, right. So it really depends on what extent they were decommissioning the clones and if they kept some around for, you know, the better ones, if you will to do some well, there the was different work. so there was well i mean we don't know what happened to camino exactly we know from the bad batch that the empire blew it up but we have no idea Might what find they out did Andor. With, right we don't know what they did with the technology we don't know what they did with all the clones like there was still embryo pods there was still children there were still teenagers like there were still multiple levels of development even to the very end and, and, and we know that the cloning technology continues on, right? We just know that it's imperial control is now in effect. So, so I'm, really, I'm really a, curious to see how they lean into that. Cody has a scar over his left eye and on his left forehead. So that would be the indicator. There you go. Yeah, and it's under his eye too. So it's like under his eye here and it goes like up and around his eye yeah. up in here. So that would be the indicator. It's Cody if a helmet does come off. And I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, just it just it makes sense. Again, leaning into, I guess, kind of like you know your fan service, right, Kevin? Um, that's another character that people are curious about too, because we don't know what happens to Cody. There is no in, in all of the Wikipedia entries and everything else that I've gone looking for. We don't actually know what happens to him. So I think this is a. Uh, I think that would be a great way to also close off that character story. Is you end it here in Obi Wan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, it would make sense. What if he has to kill him? I mean, honestly, that, I mean, again, it's another you were like my brother moment, right? More PTSD have, for him. Exactly. This is all going to be about Obi-Wan having to just dig up all of the nasty emotions that he has had buried down for 10 years. And we're One seeing other question. it right now. One other question for you. Do you think uh, we'll see some dealings with the Sand People and him in this? Oh, most definitely. I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, we've already Especially seen the book of Boba Fett. Exactly. That was going to be my point is that we already have a really awesome depiction of what life is like for the sand people, right? They're no longer yep. these savages that just harass people and, and ride around on Banthas. 
Um, they're they're far more intricate. They're very unique people that have been around a lot longer than anyone else on that planet. So I would love to see that because we know that he interacts with them at a certain point because he knows how to, he understands how they operate. He he can, he spooks them. The, oh, yep. like, you know, that's, that's from some type of interaction. And, and so I wouldn't even be surprised if they pull that up in, in this show of where that comes from as a little nod to episode four. They're doing a really, really awesome job of little nods to episode four. Look at when, when Obi-Wan opens the door and Leia's there and she hits him right in the, in the stomach. He's like, I'm here to rescue you. That was literally a throwback to episode four. And he's, he's like, I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I, I can't tell you how much that little girl reminds me of my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, just, hey, you know, my daughter. Too. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like your daughter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, it's just so cool. All these little throwbacks and everything else. So I feel like, again, this is going to be an awesome bridge that is going to help connect a lot of dots and um, and explain things. So yes, I think that the uh, sand people interaction will happen. Uh, and, and because they did already introduce us to the world in book of Boba Fett, we are already conditioned for that. We're already like, we're already ready to learn more about it because they opened up our eyes. You answered all my questions I had for you and all my notes are crossed off. We talked about everything I want to talk about. <laughs> is there, uh, I'm, I'm have good. you seen anything in chat? Is there any, anything that uh, people are we actually, about? I was pulling comments from chat oh, and dropping perfect. them in our chat and we answered all of them during our conversations chat. So you got about like maybe roughly five minutes. If you want to throw some questions down for me and Tim, since this is a live episode at fb.gg slash darkness 49, for those of you listening to this in the future, uh, you know, maybe once in a while we'll do this on Tim's channel for poignant moments in the Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't uh, want you to get used to this. I want this no, no, I don't want them to get used to it. But they like Chad is very much so used to me talking about Star Wars all the time, anyway. So this you, is uh, the biggest Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, overall, Kevin, how do you feel about uh, the Obi Wan series and and going forward? What what are you what are you feeling for for Episode Three? What do you think is going to happen? I just think it's going to be gut punches throughout. I think we're going to explore his trauma more. I think we're going to reconnect with the force. Um, I do think either this will begin because I know they want to now add an, a second part to this, another series, if you will, uh, for, for Obi-Wan. I don't think they'd go beyond two because it's going to be really hard to cram all of that into what we have left in the story. But I do feel like we're exploring the trauma, the reconnecting to the force, and also the peaceful Obi-Wan we meet in Rebels when he faces off against Darth Maul. There is a piece there that is not present right now, and I think we need to get to that point. Because he's also very peaceful when we meet him in Episode 4. He's not like this. He's not as broken as this version of Obi-Wan. So there is an emotional dip, if you will, if it was a line graph, and his emotions just taken an absolute shit of a tank. And slowly coming back up as he reconnects with the force, you know, protects the children. And maybe again, seeing some of these Jedi and whatnot is going to rekindle his ability, his responsibilities in his mind uh, of what he has to the former Republic and to the, uh, what will become the rebellion um, and, and, and may even lead into some things that we see in Andor. I don't want to say lead in, in, in like a direct lead, but there could be things that are established here that carry over to Andor. Yeah, Sam Witwer has a awesome interview that's on YouTube, and I think it was during Celebration one year, and, and someone asked him about that that scene that you you reference a lot of Obi Wan versus Darth Maul, and and you're right, there is a piece to him because I think of everything that he is going to go through in this show, and it's gonna it's gonna drop us off at this this peaceful Ben, 
um, when he talks about like, you know, he, he starts off in like the stance of Obi-Wan. Right. And then, you know, and that's more like, um, a, a it's more of an aggressive stance. It's, it's more powerful. And then he takes, then he takes his master's stance, you know, and so it's like the idea of him taking more of a Qui-Gon approach to everything is where we're a, a, bringing Qui-Gon into the show is where I'm getting at is, is that he's going to learn more. He is going to learn more about the force and he's going to learn really what it means to be a, like a disciple of the force and not just a Jedi, really not to be like a Jedi Knight, to be someone who's truly at peace, someone who has reached enlightenment, someone who is, you know, ready for whatever is next and not, and not stuck in the past. And so like, that's the coolest thing too, is like, he yep. is so, there's so much attachment, you know, he's so attached to all of the past. And once he lets go of it, you know, then we get this, we get the Ben Kenobi of rebels. So uh, I'm, I'm question, really excited. Question from chat. Who does Leia remind Obi-Wan of Padme or Satine? Padme. Padme. And I mean, no, so, so like, so he says that he says, you know, you remind me of someone. And so everyone is like immediately when he, when he sets that up, it's like, he's talking about Padme and then he goes a little bit more and you're like, oh no, he's, he's talking about Anakin. And then he goes a little bit more and is like, oh no, he's talking about both of them. Both of them. Because, because when he, when he, when he goes, um, you remind me of an old friend. Well, that's open. He was friends with Padme. He was friends with Anakin. And then he goes, no, she was, she was a leader. She was, you know, all these things. But then he goes on and continues to explain another friend. Yep. And so that was like, if you, you don't really catch it, but like, that's the whole thing is like, it's going back and forth. It's like, no, you are, you are the best of, of the two people that I love the most, he's, you know? He's and so it's like, it, it in riddles. sucks. He is, he is. Just like he does with Luke. He is. That's His father died so cool. during the Clone Wars. He is. That's what Ben does. And so it's yep. like everyone's everyone's so mad about Ben. It's like like when he talks like that, it's like, no, that's just what Obi-Wan does. That is how he speaks. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I think he was talking about both of them, but he was trying to play it ambiguously because he doesn't want her to know too much yet. He doesn't um, want just like every parent. You don't want her. you don't want your child to see the bad. Right. Yep. You don't want your child to see the worst of you. Well, this child's parents aren't around and he has he has this this duty to um, keep the, the memories of of her parents alive in a way that highlights all the good and not all the bad. And so, yeah, it's it like, man, like the more you start thinking about it, the more like you really start to feel for Obi-Wan and just like you understand. You you have to remember too. In the moment, moments after that, he finds out Anakin is still alive, sitting next to his daughter. Yeah. Do you, the fear isn't just the moment isn't just like oh my god Anakin's alive. It's like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna come for her. Yeah, that is suddenly the worry. Sure. It is not necessarily like the shock of yeah he's alive. I'm sure that's part of it. But the main worry is like oh my god he's gonna come for her. He's like looking at her. She's right there. Like, I think it's also the idea of having to face the one thing that he messed up. It's yeah. literally having to fight your nightmare and, and he's going to have to fight his nightmare. And that's a part of that whole, like, Oh shit, I just like, this is going to happen. So I think that's another part of it too. Cause I mean, just think of like from a mental state, you know, just like I left him burning. I thought he died. It's, it's taken me 10 years and I'm still not over it yet. And now I know that I left him alive. Like, Oh my gosh. Like how much, like, 
how much grief and just like responsibility would you feel of like I could have I could have saved him, you know I you know, I could have saved him and you I left, left him there. there I left him there to die. Yep, the guilt so. is creeping in, and you know what people are saying it, it, it could have been Satine. It could have been Satine too. He could have been talking about Satine. I'm I'm sure there the, is the, no reason for him to talk to Leia about Satine. That say that you remind me of her. That's my there's, that's there's my no, hang up. There is absolutely no reason. For him to talk like that, unless I mean, you could be right because again, it's an open-ended. You remind me of someone. You remind no, she was a senator. No, because I mean, like yes, I mean, or she was she was a leader. Okay, Satine was also a she was a leader. So to your point, yes, he could he be talking about Satine? Sure, was he talking about Satine? I don't think so. I think that because it's Leia, he knows who she is. He hasn't seen her in 10 years. The last time he saw her was the droid pulling her out of her mother and watching her mother die. Mm -hmm. So it was the last time that he saw Padme alive and saw Leia. The last time he saw Padme was when it was her funeral and they were sending, they were sending that body double down the river. So, so technically the last time they saw Padme was there with Leia. And so I think for him to recall her mother to recall Padme and say, you remind me of her because she was spunky. She was fierce. She right. was fearless. Um, it just, it makes sense to me that he would, he would call up upon that memory to, to say, wow, you really do remind me of your mother without saying, wow, you're just like your mother. Exactly. Because when you talk about a child, you always say like, you remind me of your father. You remind me of your yeah, mother. Dude, you I'm not going to go to Kyler and be like, Hey dude, you remind me of my friend from fourth grade. Hey, kid, you remind me of this chick I was banging back in the yeah, day. Yeah, dude, that's you know, weird, like, that's right? Weird. Like, that's a little weird. A little weird, yeah. chat. A little weird. A little, a little weird. weird. <laughs> I got to a dark place. Well, we're going to get out of here because Tim is going to play some video games today. So if you're hey! hanging out on Tim's chat, make sure you do not leave. Epi.gg slash Darkness429, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m.-ish Eastern every week. And he's Darkness429 everywhere else on the internet. I am Kevin. Kevin Exvision on Twitter. Kmagic101 on Instagram. And everything I do is at raredrop.co. We also have a, a, a Star Wars and Scotch handle over here on Facebook. We got it on Twitter. You can search Star Wars Scotch, Star Wars and Scotch, uh, and it will come up. But this is episode 84, which means next week we will be doing episode 85. Uh, episode and the week three. after that, we're going to be at GCX trying to record episode 84. <laughs> Shoot me! Uh, uh so it should be fun but there's no way in hell that we you can keep tim and i from uh talking about Obi-Wan. oh no so no way we also we're gonna we're, we will you might hear us on star wars explained at some point we're hanging out with with alex and molly maybe so, yeah maybe, um, maybe maybe and then gcx if you want to check out the panel uh for star wars and scotch all-star lineup with mark thompson uh alex and molly damon from star wars explained and our good friend sawyerism from tiktok but i am gonna let you go so you all can hang out with tim and have a great time what are you playing today uh, Tarkov. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, "What was I planning on doing today?" Tarkov. So you can play the Tarkov. I would play yeah. Blood Hunt with Tim. I just I during the day I'm here doing. Stuff I don't think they're doing other stuff. Have you ever played Blood Hunt? No, you'd I'm be just, tired. You would be exhausted. Just, it is just, man. Is that a, an adventure? <laughs> yeah, he loves Fortnite no build right now. Oh my god, it's so good. We should do, maybe we go. should do some Fortnite Star Wars. I would do that. I got Obi-Wan's lightsaber the other day. I was cutting people down. I felt like a Sith, not a Jedi. It was wonderful. Um, but you all, if you want to check out old episodes of Star Wars and Scotch, I mean, it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can check it out and uh, hang out. But Tim and I will be back next week. Not here. 
We'll be recording next week. Don't get used to this Facebook chat. This is special. It's not live. It's not so live. It's a special it, one. We're going to make it special again, but not, not next week. You, don't worry. We'll come back. But you all have a good one. Have fun with Tim today. And Tim, it's your channel. Take us out. May the force be with you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.